0: Alright, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 166. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome, and visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is Awesome, and we have a Tumblr site, pssisawesome.tumblr.com. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write the show at awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and be sure to leave comments as you see fit. For, today, for, uh, for today's show, Jake and I are going to be discussing the Resident Evil Village, uh, also known as Resident Evil 8, uh, PS5 exclusive demo, which was called Maiden. The Dark Pictures Anthology, as well as various games we've been playing and rounding out the show with some PlayStation news and games releasing this week. We'll also have a closing music track by the group Diende titled Prayer Song. My dear friend Carl was in this group and he was also a punk rock brother who kindly invited my former band Signal Home on a super memorable tour back around 2006, if I remember correctly, but his band at that time was called Last Tuesday, so stick around for that. And I also want to encourage our listeners to subscribe on our YouTube channel one more time, as this podcast is being uploaded on YouTube as a video podcast. And I've been lining up the channel so that there are new videos every day. So most of these are me reacting to new game trailers that PlayStation's putting up on YouTube. And uh, I did put up a live reaction to the Resident Evil Village showcase that aired this past Thursday. So be sure to check that out if you're interested. Jake, how are you today? I'm good.
1: Just... Uh trying to prevent my computer from restarting or something stupid like that during this podcast so
0: yeah that doesn't happen
1: we'll be good yeah we'll be great the one thing that sucks about windows i know you're on a mac but on windows 10 they don't really give you an option anymore when it comes to restarting for updates or i guess more or less uh it gets to a point where it's just like fuck you we're installing updates regardless So, um, which can be incredibly infuriating, infuriating, especially if you're trying to do something at work or with something and your computer restarts and windows updates take like fucking 30 minutes to install. So it can be super annoying. Right. But other than that, totally fine.
0: Good, good. Yeah. I'm doing all right. Just got back from a grocery trip. Dude, when you go grocery shopping, let me just ask. I feel like I make three stops. Like where we're at, we have many grocery stores. The one, the one joke about where we live is that there are a lot, of, there's like a lot of fast food, a lot of grocery stores, and a lot of bars, and a lot of churches. And like there's really nothing else to do here except for those things. But we have an Aldi, we have a Giant Eagle, we have a Topps, we have a Walmart, and I want to say we have something else too. Well, there's Valeski's. Yeah, we have Valesky's. Uh, which I don't support for my own reasons. But yeah, I mean, we have so many grocery stores and not to mention like the 16 Rite aids and c v s s and dollar general Walgreens, dollar generals. It, it's really ridiculous. But so anyways, when I go out grocery shopping, like I'm like, okay, I'm going to get everything I can at Aldi first because all that stuff is like relatively cheaper than everywhere else. At least I feel like it is right. So I'll do that. And then, um, sorry i'm just adjusting my screen here real quick there's a little bit of something weird going on here but anyways yeah i'll I'll shut up um we'll quit messing with the uh awesome youtube live stream thing that we're doing it's not even live stream but it is something but uh what i was saying was sorry is it's like one of those things where like i'll go to aldi i'll pick up what i want to pick up and then i'll be like well you know what they didn't really have a good selection of green peppers or they I couldn't find the oil I wanted so the the way that the the highway goes is that I'm coming up the hill right so Aldi's on my right if I go up just a little bit further on the right it's Walmart so but if I go to Eagle, i got to cross traffic and go back so then I'll just hit Walmart up and then I'll go look at their crap and <clears throat> sidebar I picked up some cassette tapes at Walmart did you know they Ooh, I just lost you yeah, you just keep talking. I just
1: got to figure out. I switched cameras, and I think this camera has a 15 minute timeout on it or something. Mm. So I just got to change using it. Using so your that GoPro it right now? Fucking shut off in the middle of the. Yeah, I was trying to try something new. See, and this improved. is what the
0: audio listeners miss out on. They miss out on all this cool, crazy stuff we're trying to pull off here. It's like launching a <laughs> spaceship. It really is. You see my computer screen. I'm trying to. it have got like. I literally have the Zoom call up. I have OBS up, and then I have my – because the way my camera works is there is no straight – it doesn't uh, – the computer isn't identified as a camera source. So I had to download this EOS utility thing from my Canon. Uh, it's a T3i Rebel, and I am live viewing what the camera is seeing and then grabbing that as a window capture to pull into OBS. So, like, And then you got the sound stuff going on on top of that. So, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous what we do to make this work. <clears throat> Excuse me. But anyways, long story short, I have a system to get my groceries right. And it's just nice to have food. It's good to have food. And we were gonna do the podcast a little bit earlier today. It is Saturday. This is gonna air on Monday. But uh yeah, I'm I, I ate, so I feel good. Uh not a lot of snow right now. It snowed a lot Friday, but that's about it. I woke up this morning and I ran, you know, I've been running trying to get back into running, so I only did like a mile and a half on the treadmill, but it's not bad. It's better than nothing. So I feel charged right now. Yeah, I... Uh,
1: I fixed... I think I fixed the camera thing, by the way. So that shouldn't happen again. There's an auto off every 15 minutes and I sh- I changed it to never. So unless my battery dies, we should be fine. Cool. But... Um,
0: I might just edit that little glitch thing out.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the... Uh, what you were saying about Aldi is... There's... Aldi is a double-edged sword, only in that it's, in my opinion, the best place to buy groceries.
0: I'm showing the but, listeners real quick. I don't mean to interrupt, but this is our PlayStation mug. Uh, from PSS Zazzle? is awesome. Yeah, you can get these on Zazzle probably still. dot com if you're interested. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. Um,
1: so Aldi is the best place to buy groceries, but they never have everything you need. So no matter what. No, you're right. Unless you unless you alter what you need based on what Aldi has, you always have to go to a second location. And usually they build Aldi's right beside Walmarts. So you end up going to Walmart after you go to Aldi. Because so, it's the same way. Yeah. It's the same I, there's two places where I go buy groceries and it's the same in both locations. Aldi is like next door to Walmart. So you just fucking hit up Aldi. You get your shit for super cheap. It's it sucks that Aldi doesn't have everything. I don't know if everybody. It's so affordable. Listening to this, I don't know if maybe they don't even have Aldi. Aldi. People might not all have Aldi, but the thing is, <laughs> you, you might have a, com- a comparable store. Literally, I could buy, I could buy what would at Walmart be a hundred dollars worth of groceries at Aldi forty for like, bucks for uh, it's not that cheap but it's usually like maybe 60 bucks it's like maybe 50 60 percent of the cost of walmart and it's good food too and they typically have good produce good meat good uh deli selection like cheeses they have all these like interesting cheeses and things like that there Yeah. they've got a bunch of good like frozen shit um but it, and they got, like, a really interesting, like, bread selection. You can usually get stuff like naan and stuff like that there, which is not always available at Pitas and stuff,
0: yeah, stuff that's a little harder yeah. to find.
1: It, but it's just, you go there, and it's like, oh, well, I need f- fucking, you know, fat-free something. And it's like, oh, well, they don't sell that because that's not, like, super generic. Basically, their canned good stuff is, like, super generic. So unless it's, like, cream of mushroom or something like that, and you're making a recipe, typically you're missing something. So you got to go to a different store. Yeah. But this is not the Aldi podcast, so we could probably continue on. (laughs)
0: Well, let's move on with the video game talk because we've been lectured about it one too many times, which was maybe just one time, but... (laughs) As noted in the introduction for today's show, we were graced with the Resident Evil Village showcase this past Thursday. Jake, I got to say I think this was a great showcase. I have a few things I'd like to discuss with you specifically, but before I get into those topics, do you have any general opinion about the showing? Um, it's the so the showcase
1: was It was a little bit derpy in sections, but overall, I think it was very well done. Like, it wasn't super cheesy or anything like that. Um, Sometimes, especially recently, when companies have tried to do these, like, video game showcase special event thingies, like, sometimes they can be super, like, like, over the top, or they're trying too hard, or a little bit derpy, or whatever. This one was actually relatively good. I don't know that they needed – I think the derpiest part about it was I don't think they needed the host girl that did it. There's
0: something you about know? her though. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but I I, I I listen to other gaming podcasts and people seem to be really excited for her that she was part of this. So like I don't know what her history is with Resident Evil or if she's like a horror kind of gamer. Or she, you know, that transitioned into this thing with Capcom, or like she's like showcasing their game now and talking about it and getting people excited. I don't know. I don't know anything about her, but I think she has some history with uh, horror video games. I think. Well, but- that's great.
1: I mean, I'm all about. You know, I'm not saying that. Like, I could be wrong. She person. I'm not saying that like she personally was bad. I'm just saying that nowadays with things like uh, Sony's state of play things where it's just like bang 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 like trailers and this and that and it's not there's not like some overlord host in between every single video going like overlord. that was cool now let's look at this guy and it's like okay let's like, smash cut and talk to the director real quick right. right it's fine it's fine it's just i don't think it's necessary anymore she played but the role the, the, of like the mc right but I feel like that's that's such a stupid thing to to really uh, – Critique. I don't want to say to, to like critique because the, the showcase overall was very good. Um, there's some stuff that like like the RE-verse thing, like I couldn't give two shits less yeah. about that. Well, I got a list of like, topics
0: here for us to pick apart. You want to do that? Yeah, yeah go for okay, it. Okay, yeah. I thought it, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good showcase. So first topic – is that they announced that Resident Evil Village is going to be made available on the PS4 as well as PS5, and it will release on the same schedule. The release date they gave us was May 7th, 2021, so that's this summer. But one has to speculate whether this has been the plan the entire time, or if this release date that they've chosen is a direct result of needing to make sure it runs on the PS4 smoothly. What do you think? I mean,
1: honestly, I wasn't expecting the game to come out until like October or something, so it's totally fine with me. I mean, if if they can make it if they I feel like they are not gonna pull a CD project and release a shit game, so I'm sure that it's gonna it's probably I mean, they they did it's the same engine that they used to do the previous last few titles, so I think that it's gonna be fine. Um And I was a little bit concerned whenever I saw that announcement that they were going to be releasing it on last-gen versions as well, last-gen consoles as well. But... Then I actually, which, and we'll talk about this in detail in a little bit, but mm-hmm. when I actually played the Maiden demo on PS5 and saw how good it fucking looks, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really care anymore. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I thought that, they were maybe going to hold it back mm. put it, to put it on the old consoles, but
0: the, Clearly the they didn't.
1: next-gen version looks so good. Yeah, so it looks really good. Yeah, and i think that's okay with it. That's
0: part of the reason um about that. So, We'll get to that in a second, but the second topic here, Jake, that I had, these are just brief little uh, bullet points under this whole showcase that we got, because this was kind of exciting. You've been a Resident Evil fan longer than I have, but I have enjoyed Resident Evil. So, second topic that I have here is that the website for the game gives us a little backstory on what Resident Evil 8 is actually going to be about, more than what they actually said on the showcase. So on the website, it says it's said a few years after the horrifying events in Resident Evil 7. The all new storyline begins with Ethan Winters and his wife, Mia, living peacefully in a new location, free from their past nightmares. Just as they are building their new life together, tragedy befalls them once again. When BSAA Captain Chris Redfield attacks their home, Ethan must once again head into hell to get his kidnapped daughter back. So it sounds like Chris Redfield kidnaps his daughter the character's daughter, or something.
1: Yeah i I remember when they first announced uh, Resident Evil Village, which is gonna be really hard for me to because I just want to say Resident Evil Eight, but
0: you can say um, Resident Evil. 8. We can just call it that because so it's what it is.
1: It, it's I think it's a it's a, a neat play on word or like play on I don't even play on play on words is the right way to say it, but Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil Eight, like they kind of they work well together, but when they first announced it during that PlayStation showcase thing for the PS five, there was this impression if they didn't out and out say that Chris Redfield was going to be kind of a bad guy in this, or at least they implied that he is because he like shows up and just totally fucking jacks you up in this, tr- in the original trailer be, that they,
0: why would he be was, bad though? That's what I don't, I don't know. That
1: That's the thing is that I'm not sure that's, but that's what the speculation was about. Whenever the trailer first launched, and whenever that was, I think it was September or August when they did that reveal thing. I think it was mm-hmm. September because I was on the road whenever they for work when they did this. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious. I'm definitely curious to see where they're going with it because Chris Redfield has historically always been, if not a protagonist, then at least a ally or a good guy. In the Resident Evil universe. So I'm curious to see if he is actually a bad guy or if he has some ulterior motives that are actually benevolent in some way. Or if he's being coerced by the bad guys in some fashion or maybe he's brainwashed or, you know, maybe he's been infected somehow. I don't know, but it definitely makes for uh, an interesting kind of splash as far as what the story is going to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well I'll tell you this much. I think I have a I have some speculation that maybe while Mia was captured she was somehow impregnated and it's not Ethan's baby.
2: Uh
1: I, you think I, uh, oh, you're talking about in Resident Evil Seven. Yeah,
0: and like they, they're living happily ever after, but it turns out that it's not actually her baby, it's some sort of demon baby that they don't know, and Chris Redfield's trying to take it back because something's weird about it. And then the only the only thing about that <laughs> statement
1: that makes me the only thing about that whole that would be an interesting concept for sure. That would be a really interesting concept. Yeah. The only thing that that makes me think that that's not the case is that. You just said it takes place three years after Resident Evil 7, in which case, why would it still be an infant?
0: It says uh, a few few years. Yeah, a few usually means three. So if if it's,
1: I guess if it's maybe a couple years after, then maybe the baby's only, but it looked like. They're implying that the, it's an infant still, which means that if it's a few years later, the timeline doesn't really line up. It's but weird, they though. may it's just be idea. playing with it a little bit. I, if, that, if that is the case, yeah. oh well, no. I, if that is the case, that would be really interesting That'd for be sure. Kind of cool.
0: All right. Third topic, Jake. The combat is going to feature a blocking mechanic.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I don't know how I feel about it's it. Weird. the same, but at the same time. I didn't really. I wasn't really. Right? I wasn't really into the idea of the first-person change on Resident Evil Seven, and I ended up loving that. There's so, probably
0: a stamina meter now if there's blocking, because or else you could just infinitely block, right? There's got to be a stamina it could just,
1: Or it could just be one of those things, like in other games, where the animation takes a certain amount of time, so like you can't. You can't just keep mashing the block button. It's like if you're holding off an enemy, some other guys can come over and kick the shit out of you. Maybe you can't be
0: armed and block at the same time.
1: Right. They they probably made it some gameplay aspect of it prevents you from being able to block all the time because it would be really bizarre for them to put a stamina meter in there. Although I guess maybe they will. I, I don't know.
0: It's hard to say. All right, fourth topic that I wanted to bring up, fourth little bullet point, was that there's no word of VR, but perhaps with them announcing that it's going to be available on the PS4, could we still see a VR version of Resident Evil Village? I doubt it. Do you they, think- may
1: announce, they may announce some kind of... They may have some kind of like DLC portion or maybe extra level or something that's VR, mm. but they're not going to make this entire I'm pretty sure they already said that the whole game is not going to be VR yeah. like it's like not Resident something Evil you can just patch was. in, so No, and and I think that just with the with the boost in fidelity from the last game to the new game, uh, I don't think that it's going to be feasible for them to be able to do it in VR. Yeah, interesting story. I, I have you used your VR with your PS5 yet? Because I have not. No, I, mostly because I never bought the camera adapter or or ordered it.
0: No, I haven't. Uh, we can we can uh, take an aside real quick and talk about that. I I wanted to, and uh, I was going to pick up that game. A, uh, detached or it was called Adrift or Detached one of the, they're both games one of them is like literally a space game where you're just floating around it was on sale for five dollars and a lot of these games come with these warnings they're like hey it may cause dizziness but all the reviews I've read they're like no this fucking feels like you're in outer space and it was on well, sale know, for five I- bucks
1: I know Adrift was one like that, where
0: it... Yeah, they were both kind of like that, yeah.
1: You know, I don't know what... I don't know if I've even looked at Detached, but I know Adrift was one that came out, and I remember when it first came out, on the PC versions of it, it was VR-supported. But on the console versions, it initially... At least initially, there was no VR support. Then I'm talking so about just-
0: detached because this was made for VR. Okay. Detached, and the thing is, I didn't pick it up, and and I I literally w- I had it in my cart, and now it's on my wish list on the PSN. But I wanted to get it, but then I started thinking, I was like, I heard Blood and Truth is really really good now on PSVR. Uh, if you're playing it on a PS5, and I also have this role-playing game where it's like it's like you put characters like. On the map, and it's weird. It's all 3D, but it's a it's an actual role playing story game, and hmm. uh, it's really interesting. So I never finished it, and I wanted to plug it in, but then I realized that I have the OGPS uh, VR, so the breakout box will not allow the HDR support or the the special fancy shit. So anytime I want to use it, I'm gonna have to unplug it from the back of my fucking TV and my PlayStation and rewire a hardwire HDMI cable to my TV because I have the old version. So no, I haven't. I haven't plugged it in yet. You
1: could
0: get a switch. Like well, a, I was I was going to say like you could switch,
1: you yeah. could get a splitter, right? Yeah, yeah. And you could run
0: But that's going to be pricey if you want to run 2.1 HDMI through a splitter. Like you just almost yeah. don't even want to risk it, you know what I mean? And then you got to worry it, about lag and shit. And it's just like why can't they just I don't know. It is what it is. Anyway, I
1: don't think you would have lag issues with a splitter. You would have lag issues probably with a switch. But with a splitter, it's literally just, they just take the signal path and it's on two wires as opposed to on one wire. Mm. So you shouldn't have any lag issues with a splitter. The splitter itself might be expensive if you want a splitter that supports 2.1 because it has to be a special type of cable, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, but then you would have to have two HDMI inputs on your television yeah. so you switch to one if you want to use regular PS5, you switch to the other if you want to use fucking VR. It just seems
0: just, like too uh, much of a hassle, right? Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is even eventually bother. just plug it in and just make a day of it and just get these games beaten. Try them out. They just I mean, they just made it
1: basically so that I will never play PSVR on my PS5. I mean, that's essentially what it boils down to. I I already PSVR has always been one of those things for me where it's too tedious. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't as tedious, I would use it a lot more often. But, but it's even more it tedious so, now. But now it's it's like I'm not going to be fucking unplugging shit from well, the back to my cable. Here's, stuff here's the other thing. Use here's
0: the other thing that I learned is that they they tell you that the 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 Dual Sense does not have the same tracking implementations that the the DualShock Four has. So, if you're going to play your PS VR on your PS5, they say you still need to use a DualShock 4. So, now you have to have a DualShock 4 synced to your PS5. It just seems like it's just too much fucking work. Like, I don't know.
1: Either that or if you, I guess, the move controllers. If you have a game that supports those instead, you could use those. Which, most of the time, I yeah. guess, when you're playing VR, you're probably going to use the move controllers anyway. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Alright, hey, fifth topic. They indicated it as a way to preserve all the Resident Evil characters. They are giving RE-Verse, which is a clever name, and a new game to everyone who purchases Resident Evil 8. This will be a survival horror deathmatch game, which actually sounds to me kind of interesting if it's free. I mean, I'll probably try it, but, I, I mean, how good is it going to be?
1: It, it's one of those things where it could be, worst case scenario, it'll be a fine game, but nobody will play it. Best case scenario is that it will be like one of these, you know, unexpected hits. Because it's got some interesting concepts. Namely, like if you watch the video mm-hmm. they, where they talk about it, it's got a lot of the... Not only does it have the main characters from the game, but also a lot of the demons and monsters as well. Mm. So I, there was like one shot where it looked like one of the characters died... And then after they died, they turned into a monster and okay. then we're like hunting people. Yeah, it's and interesting. if that's the case, like it could be really interesting if they play with that concept and make it like kind of a unique experience. But if it's just literally a plain Jane deathmatch with the fucking RE characters, it's nobody's going to play it. I'm not going to play it probably regardless. But sure. if, if, if that's all it is, is a generic deathmatch, like it's not going to outcompete everything that's already out there. All right. So, and it's got this weird cell shaded, like, yeah. aesthetic to it, which I'm is, not of, I don't understand. Like, why didn't they just leave the fucking uh, regular characters? Because it looks like they're using the kind of point of view and the control scheme and everything from Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 Remake. And why not just keep it with the OG graphics set? Why are you fucking making everything cell shaded? Like, I don't. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It just makes it look kind of cartoony and weird. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Be, I, I, like I said, I think it's going to be fine. I, it, at least it'll be, a good, it'll be good, but I don't know how many people are going to play it.
0: Well, there are a lot of really cool characters in the Resident Evil game, so it's kind of cool. It's a neat way for them to preserve them, like they said. So we got two more quick topics about the Resident Evil Showcase. We're going to get on with the news. Sixth topic I had here was that the Division 2 is going to be cross-promoting with Resident Evil 8, which is kind of weird. But you can now get gear in the Division 2 that are Raccoon City outfits and gear, like all the SWAT material, the police uh, uniforms and stuff for the Division 2. Um, but I do want to pause and just say that the Division 2 was such a good game. I know that we messed around with it a little bit, but that game was actually really, really good. I really enjoyed it. But anyway, so I, I powered on this morning to see how to get that gear. And for some reason, like, the PSTI clan I'm part of now isn't called PSTIA. So someone must have, like, leveled up over the clan and, like, renamed it or something. <laughs> it's called, like, Yees or something. Like, I don't even know. I don't know what it is. But it's really weird because I got in and it was like, what? And then we had all these clan upgrades and stuff. So I, I don't even know what happened. But I got in there and uh, I couldn't figure out how to get the Resident Evil gear. I heard that if you just log in. During this cross promotion thing, you just it just gets put into your inventory, but I maybe you have to go to your stash, whatever. Seventh topic: Maiden. The PS5 exclusive demo was released, which is a it's not even Resident Evil 8, but it's in the world of Resident Evil 8, and it takes place in some of the same locales, I think. But there's no combat. They made it very specific that they weren't going to put any contact uh, combat in this game. But it was still creepy, man. It was it looked really good. I you played it right? We both played it.
1: Yeah, I played it this morning, um, and I believe that it does take place in the castle from Resident Evil Village. So, okay, like I the think that's kind of the idea. Is it's like a visual demo, right? They're they're giving you in the sound. Of, yeah, they're giving you like the sights and sounds of the game, so you can get kind of a feel for what it's going to look and feel like and sound like whenever you're playing it. And boy, is it awesome!
0: It's spooky, and
1: yeah, I I'm. I was expecting the whole time I'm playing it for some shit to, like, jump out and kill me or whatever, mm-hmm. which is probably going to happen in the main game. But in the demo, it's pretty much just an exploration thing. There is yeah. kind of some dangery stuff that happens towards the end, or it, end of it, but none of it is. It's mostly, like like, light puzzles. Can you die? Can you die in it?
0: I didn't die.
1: I didn't die either, but I'm... I don't know if you can or not, to be honest with honest with you. There's that one part where you're getting attacked, and I don't know if you can die or not. Maybe you can. But uh, I will say that it looks great on the PS5. I will say that I'm probably going to have to play this game at night because I was playing it this morning. I had all the lights off. Yeah. But I have my PlayStation and my gaming TV in my living room, which is an addition, and my addition is, like, all windows. Mm. So in the darker sections, because I have HDR enabled, which makes it look way better, in the darker sections, it's fucking almost impossible for me to see what's going
0: on. Right, yeah, I have a similar
1: issue. And I don't want to jack up the brightness and make it look worse because it looks so good. Yeah. So probably going to end up just playing when the game comes out or probably i'm actually I might actually boot the demo back up tonight whenever everything is dark and turn all the lights off and play it just to see what it looks like, but I think it's going to look awesome
0: yeah, not a bad idea, man, not a bad idea at all, yeah, I really enjoyed the demo like like we both said there's there's nothing really uh, that like you played, you're like, oh my god, that was amazing. But you're like, yeah, this is. It makes me have a little faith in this game that they're going to deliver on it. So that was cool. So enough Resident Evil talk. Other news, Jake. I'm breaking the promise real quick. Last episode, I said we weren't going to talk about Cyberpunk, but I do want to let the listeners know who are battling with this game and trying to get through it. That patch 1.10 is finally out on the PlayStation 4 Pro in the PS for the PS5. Uh, PlayStation 4 game, essentially. But what it does, according to CD Projekt Red, is it's a huge stability upgrade to the specific PlayStation updates include performance optimization of crowds on the PS4 Pro and the PS5, which means maybe more people walking around, and then they fixed a lot of uh, crashes that were occurring. So that's kind of nice that that happened. We don't need to talk any more about Cyberpunk. I just had to throw it out there because that was actually kind of important. People were waiting for that. So did you happen to see that the, that the price of Xbox Live Gold is now double the cost of PlayStation Plus? I saw that
1: it was going up, but I didn't see what it was going to. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I better go on there and fucking cancel my subscription. Yeah, because I literally only use it for Game Pass, and I only play Game Pass every now and again when I don't have something to play on my PlayStation. So I think I'm going to fucking just it's going to gonna be like 120 bucks a
0: year or something. Yeah, like,
1: fuck that. Especially because I don't play anything online on my Xbox. I Like I said, only Game Pass.
0: Yeah. Can so, you buy Game Pass separate or no?
1: I think so. I think you can. But that I, I wouldn't be surprised if the price of that went up too. But I don't know.
0: You so, know it, yeah. Dude, there's speculation that people are saying, well, now Sony has every reason and right to be able to, up, to, to raise the price of PS Plus. And honestly, I can't imagine that they're going to. I mean, they make so much money. And I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of know how well Sony's doing right now. Um, I, I t- never felt like it was necessary to say anything. But I, I do hold some stocks, Sony stock. And, like, dude, I have, like, doubled my investment in the last year. So, like, doubled. Yeah. Like, like they're making hand over fist money, Sony. So, they, there's no reason for them to raise the cost of PS Plus. It's just going to deter people from getting it, I think.
1: Well, if they raise the it to sto- one twenty the, the stock price doesn't have any real cons, uh, real comparison to how well the company is doing, especially in a sure. year like 2020 where everything is going up. So, yeah, but
0: here's the thing. So here's the thing. Like, if they say they raise it to 120, right, for PS Plus, are you going to do it still? Dude, a fucking game's gonna cost like seventy bucks now. Like one I don't I don't know. And the games they've been giving us on PS Plus really haven't really done much for me, if I'm being honest. Like
1: I've got enough disposable income that I probably would still pay it just because it would be more convenient than not paying it. But I can definitely I definitely would think more before actually spending the money on PlayStation Plus. I don't think that they're Gonna go. They might increase the price, but they're not gonna go to 120. I mean, Xbox Live Gold includes Xbox Live and Game Pass. So I'm not sure what
0: Xbox Live is.
1: So Xbox is Live that like is PlayStation their, Now. So ex, no, Xbox Live is PlayStation Plus. It's there. It's your ability to right. play games online and do Discounts. all that kind of stuff. You get you get so many games free every month, just like PlayStation Plus. Um, But Xbox Live Gold also includes Game Pass. So, and obviously somebody is going to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that that's true. So $120 a year not only gets you all the shit PlayStation Plus gives you as far as equivalency goes, but it also gets you arguably, you could say, like, imagine if for $120 you got PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now all year. That's right. kind of what it's like now. Games Games Pass is way better than uh, PlayStation now, but that's if you had to compare them apples to oranges, that's how you would compare them. Sure. So if if you were to get Xbox or sorry PlayStation Plus and game or and PS Now for a year for one hundred twenty dollars, it wouldn't be a horrible price.
0: Okay. Um, Fair enough. Would I be happy about that? Probably not. No one likes but, stuff getting increased in price like that, especially when you're. I mean, they already increased it recently. It, it used to be fifty bucks, and now what is it? Sixty, I think. It is PlayStation sixty
1: plus. dollars. I mean, I don't think it was recently that they did that. I think it's been a couple years. Yeah, it's been like but, two
0: years, but they did increase it. So to yeah. do it again, I don't. I don't know. I, I, Maybe they're going to... Uh, time will tell. I don't know. I just thought I'd bring it up on the show. Hey, you were a big fan of Snacks, Jake, and apparently they are not yet done with the releasing content for the game, so uh, Young Horses came out and said that they still have some plans for it. I don't know if it's going to be DLC or what they're going to do, but, I mean, is that a game you'll see yourself ever jumping back into? Didn't you platinum that? They did, yeah. Now,
1: they, they did kind of leave it sort of cliffhanger-y at the end of the game, right? So I could see them maybe well, I doing us, like I don't an know, ext- Sure. Yeah, I could see them maybe doing like an extra episode or something like that that kind of finishes the story or maybe just tells a little bit more. Or maybe it's a side story. Maybe it's, honestly, what would be cool is if the additional content was kind of like The Last of Us did and it's a prequel mm. to the story of Snacks, where like when the original characters get to the island, not when you as the reporter get to the island. So before all the shit goes down, how the town gets separated, all that kind of stuff. That would be a cool kind of... DLC story for them to tell and I'd probably play that I mean it's a it's a neat game to kind of play is just to relax where you don't have to think you just kind of wander around and do stuff right um but uh I did not see that but that's kind of cool yeah I kind of hope that as far as like the cliffhanger goes they just make a bug snacks too at some point yeah that'd be great but I don't know
0: yeah with a smaller studio like that I mean who knows what they're gonna do um, Genshin Impact's getting another update. I'd love to have Seth, actually, my Seth's my brother, come to the show at some point to discuss Genshin with him. Um, I'm going to try to make that happen. But, yeah, I, I was playing that for a little bit on the PS4. You didn't really play too much of it either, did you?
1: Um, I played maybe two or three hours of it, and then it just... Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, fine. Right. It's, it doesn't... I know you put a lot more time into it than I did. Yeah, but, but... it's it's got a lot of those free to play systems, and it. it's it's probably one of the best ones you can get. But there's just something about it that just didn't jive with me as far as the whole combat system or the way the world works or whatever. And especially after I got Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is comparable as mm. far as the gameplay kind of style goes right and uh you know they compare both of those games to breath of the wild a lot and i would say that immortals is a much better game as far as what i've played yeah and it's it's also not a mobile game right and it's not crammed full of that fucking multiplayer shit too which is it's it can be off-putting genshin
0: yeah well the genshin thing is interesting and and the more i think about it jake that i feel like you and i are not we our podcast is pretty decent but we don't really I don't I'll speak for myself but I don't feel like I have a lot of RPG experience like role playing game experience I don't play a lot of games like that you know a lot of these uh, to me they're like esoteric strange games that, like just require so much time you know the final fantasy is is about it final fantasy and the witcher And, you know, I can't even remember the last time I played a role-playing game like a traditional JRPG. I don't know. I don't know when I've done it. Like, I I don't really play that style of game. And it would be cool to have someone who knows a little bit about that stuff come on the show and talk about it. I don't know about you, but um, I don't think he's interested. Just to throw that out there also, I think he has zero interest in doing it. But it would be nice to have someone who has a little bit of – more valid input, so to speak, or more experience that style of game for the show. But. I do,
2: I do
1: like. He, here's my th- my relationship with JRPGs. I like them as a concept. Most of the time, I don't have the patience to learn the systems.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm like, I would love to play. Some of these games, even like Final Fantasy Tactics, like War of the Lions on the Vita, you know, I just got to the point where, like, I didn't I didn't want to take the time to master the game to be able to play it, having to do all this inventory and character management and all that stuff. it just I hate like all these RPGs now that where you have a party of characters and you have to outfit each character individually and there's no option mm. for you to like auto outfit them mm-hmm. like there like a lot of games recently have been good about if you have a party you can select to have everybody but your main character just be sort of auto leveled and auto outfitted with the best gear yeah. so you can just kind of pay attention to your main character and you don't have to manage everybody you just enjoy the that, game yeah Right. But they give you the option to do it manually, too, if you want. And I think that's a great way to go about it. But some of these JRPGs are just, like, they're hardcore. They're, like, you do everything. You have to manage everything. You have to watch all the stats. You have to build your character classes. And especially a game like Tactics, where you can have five, six, seven, eight characters at a time you got to fuck with like this. Like, it's it's a lot. And so that's my biggest beef with the RPG scene it's as like far as JRPGs chess. go. I just don't have the patience. It's not that I don't like it or that I don't want to get into it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I just don't have the the learning the curve is a
0: little too much. Cause all those games have different mechanics. Like you said, now the reason I bring that up too, is because I jumped into final fantasy X2. Cause I bought that, 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 uh, what, what do you even call that? It, it's like a duo game. Like you, you get final fantasy 10 and final fantasy X two in one purchase. What, what the yeah, hell are it they calling?
1: Just, it was just a, it was just a remastered bundle. I mean. sure,
0: it's a bundle. That's what I meant to say. I couldn't find the word. Thank you. So I got that, and I forgot I had ten too. And I started playing it. and I was like, man, like, I don't, I don't. There's just so much shit to it. I, I, there's just so much, and and the game. It, it, there's some difficulty spikes that come out of nowhere. I'm trying to get this second sphere or whatever, and I. You know, I'm kicking ass, and I'm like party, I feel like we're doing really good, and, and I feel like I'm on on the right trajectory where, like, I'm the right level for the area. And then I get to this sphere. It's just the second one. You're supposed to collect a ton of these for the first act or whatever. I get to the second one, and I've, I've already kind of got the notion that a bad guy's going to pop out when I try to get the second sphere, and I get the bad guy. Now, all my characters have, like, 450 HP or something. And, like, he'll do, like, an attack all... Maneuver or attack, and he hits all of my characters for like 250 points. And it's just like, that's more than half my life now. Why did the game allow me to even get to this guy easily? Like, I got to him easily, very easily. And then I finally got to him, and he just like decimates my crew. And it's like, okay, great. Now my save point is like right here. Now I gotta backtrack like 40 minutes to get back to where I need to go so that I can maybe go grind some more because I'm in this huge, long cave, right? And it's just like, why? Is it just because it's outdated? Or is that just how those games are? Like, I don't know. It was just frustrating. I, I was enjoying it up until then.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty antiquated sort of uh, mechanic, but unfortunately, you know, the grindiness is just kind of a part of it. Yeah, you you kind like I had a similar issue with Final Fantasy VI, which now we're going way back if we're talking about Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, but you know I was playing that on the Vita and on the PS3, and um, you know you get to this place and people that are familiar with Final Fantasy will know about the floating continent, and you get there and it's just fucking impossible. So basically, what I'd have to do is at the beginning of the floating continent is a save point, so essentially I'd. I'd have my characters be sort of a certain level and then I would kind of just walk back and forth right beside the save point until it would trigger a battle, fight a battle, then immediately save after every battle. And I would just do that for fucking hours just until I was a- off. <laughs> yeah, until I was able to just get through the floating continent section and then back towards, you know, and then all that stuff goes away and then you're back to your whatever. But um Yeah, it's just, I'll be honest, like, I don't mind doing the grinding things whenever I am just looking for something to just kind of play and not think while I'm doing it. You know, it's something I can do to just kind of keep myself busy for the evening or something is Mm. fine, but it's not something, like, that's not something that I want to do with my main gaming time you know if i if i sit down to play video games which lately i've been averaging about 30 minutes a day playing video games so if i got to play a game like that it's going to take me 3 or 4 months to beat it so it's like i i you know i i get it and i like it in certain contexts but it's not it's not my favorite thing
0: yeah fair enough well hey we went a little bit out of order with what we normally do for the show so uh, let me ask you a little bit. What, what are you playing right now? Because normally we would talk about this before we get into the news. That's all I had for the news. But what, what Yeah, are, what I mean, you nothing.
1: Playing? nothing's changed. I'm still playing Immortals. Like I said, right now I've been averaging about 30 minutes a day. So mm. I think since the last time we recorded this podcast, I've played uh, maybe another five or six hours. Like, I think I just logged... I'm at, like, 21 and a half hours or something like that. And I'm on the second... I'm on the second god out of four. So, that... I wouldn't say that that necessarily means that I'm halfway through the game because the second god... Like, I, it took me 15 hours to get through the first one. And the second one, it has taken me, like, six. And I'm Mm. almost to the end of it. So, Mm. I don't think that it's going to take me as long to get the other two. And I think it'll kind of all sort of come together pretty quickly. But I know that like even a lot of reviewers were saying like 30 to 40 hours to beat the game, which to me is fine. Other than the fact that I have so many fucking games to play and we're getting to the point where, you know, I'm not even going to be remotely close to done with my backlog before Returnal comes out. Returnal comes out. And I think there's even something coming out this month. I don't remember what it is, but I don't know if it's something that Cyber I was interested Shadow. in playing. Oh, that's right. Cyber Shadow is coming out, which looks great. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, I've just been playing that other than I played the Maiden demo this morning, yeah. which as soon as I played it, I was like, fuck, I can't wait for this game to come out. Yeah. And it's coming out in May, which something else is coming out in May, too. Um. I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. Uh, oh, yeah blah blood blah, 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 blah,
0: blah, blah the Bethesda one Oh, that um, one bullet no proof. uh bullet legs God. bullet bullet legs. what one what the hell are you talking about like what game are you talking about
1: uh it's the arcane one where you're on the island and you're you're trying to beat everybody within an death loop Deathloop. thank
0: you yeah. I had to Google it I don't know
1: why they fucking slipped my mind that's coming out in like April or may yeah um so cool. I'm, I'm excited about that too, but I don't know that I'm excited, as excited as I am for Resident Evil 8, Village, yeah, whatever. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I dived into. I I was in, After playing the Maiden demo, I really had a hankering for playing something scary, right? And I've had my eye on the Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Medan, for a while. And I know that reviews were very mixed about it. I think IGN gave it a seven. I don't know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, long story short... This is from the makers of Until Dawn, and they have this thing called the Dark Pictures Anthology. I want to talk a little bit about it because it's really interesting. So the first the first game, uh, there's two out now. Little Hope was the one that came out afterwards, and that got better reviews than Man of Medan, which is crazy because Man of Medan is so good. I love this game, man. It was so good. And I think that this is a kind of game that would be really fun to play, like co-op. And they're doing a lot of interesting things with this. Um, And on the surface, it may not really appear that way, but they are. They're doing a lot of really interesting things with this series. So they have this guy, this character in the game called the Curator. And you don't really know who he is, but he's very well-dressed. And uh, his clothes are very fitting, like it fits him. He looks looks very intelligent. He's got an English accent, and he's very proper. And uh, he's like, welcome to the... To my whatever, my dungeon or my my library, my study, and uh, he he uh, says, you know, you you're you're going to get to make decisions, and this is a, this is almost become like a gimmick with games, but for they they're doing it for real though in this game, they, like really there's so many different endings in this game, different characters survive, and they're like, so your 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 choices are going to have effects, and throughout the game as you play it like in like in until dawn no you remember like in until dawn like how you could see like some sort of little thing and it would be like this is something that may or may not happen depending on your choices and it's like a little snippet it's like literally like a 3 second snippet that's like all distorted so, like, as you're playing Man and Medan, now, it kind of takes place on this, this ghost ship or this ship or whatever from World War II. There's a whole big story behind it. I don't want to spoil it for, for you. I mean, you might even want to try it. It's so good. But you look at these paintings, and then they're called, uh, I don't know if they're called relics or wh- what are they called, I, I, premonitions maybe, and uh, your character will look at it, and, it'll, and you as the gamer will, will see, like, a three-second, like, clip of, like, maybe somebody dying in your group. You're like, oh shit! That way, like when you get close to that moment, you know that your your choices are gonna be very. You got to be spot on with what you got to think about things. So the goal, uh, quick synopsis of, of how it starts. It starts with like like four or five characters, right? And they're going on a treasure hunt. Uh, they're deep sea diving. They're they limited experience. They're like uh, college age, maybe in their maybe their early twenties. And they're all buddy buddy. And like some of the normal tropes from like a scary movie aren't really as obvious as they were in this as they were with Until Dawn, where until Dawn, like the characters, like, Oh, we have the nerdy one, we have the you know, we have the real buff guy, and then we have like the really sexy girl, and then we have like like the I don't know, like the punk rock guy or the emo guy, or like you know, then we have like the brat. Like this like you don't have as, it's not as tropey as as that. So like these characters just seem like regular people. And you get to control them throughout the game. Then there's deep sea dive, storm rolls through. Long story short, they end up on this scary boat, and it all works very well. But every, like every like hour and a half or two hours, it takes you out of the game. And now you, as the gamer, are are listening to the uh, the dude, the guy I was talking about. I forget what his name was. Uh, what I said he was, I, I don't remember what the fuck he was called. But you're talking to that guy, the British guy, and he's like, ah. You've done very well so far. Surprisingly, everybody's still alive. It could have been much different. You know, and he's talking to you and stuff, and he's leafing through books and stuff, and he's all prim and proper. And he goes, I can give you a hint if you want to kind of let you know what's going on. And you don't know if he's trustworthy, right? So you have options to say, Yeah, tell me what, you know give me an idea and i and i opted for that and it was really cryptic and vague what he had to say you know he's like not as all not all is what it seems to be in this story and you're like oh, all right and i was i was just fucking glued to the tv playing this game it was so good dude this game is so awesome i don't know why like it got mixed reviews because i really enjoyed it and unfortunately two two people in my party died one was so preventable it was like one of those quick time events where you have to mash a button and mm-hmm. uh usually I can do that but they also have quick time events in this game where like you have to like hit the X button in rhythm with your heart to like so to keep your calm so you're like do 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 doo doo and you gotta hit it Well, like maybe there's like a monster or something in the area and you're just trying to like hold your breath and your people are like trying to be so if you fuck that up like it'll, it'll notice you and like there's quick times like where you're like trying to run away and jump over stuff you have to hit the circle button or the triangle button they throw different things at you you gotta almost like um, heavy rain or something but uh, the graphics are amazing in this game. They're so good. It is not. Like, it is a game, but it's not like a game game. It's more of a story. But anyway, so I, I had a situation at the very end of the game, this this character who I thought was going to die the whole game. I got him to this point, and uh, like he was like, I was literally like five minutes from the end of the game, five minutes, and this guy would have lived. And uh, it flashed like the square button, and I go boom, and I knew I hit it. And then I was like, oh fuck, I'm supposed to mash it. And like I didn't mash it in time. And he died because of that. And there's no going back. There's no you can play it again, but there's no going back. Like whatever happens, happens. It was such a great experience. Now the cool thing about Man of Dan and the Dark Pictures anthology that I recognize that they can do is that you can play online with a friend, right? So there it, it in, your perspective influences your choices. So as a single player, you can play alone you get the whole picture of the whole game as it moves. You get to see every little piece of the puzzle unfold. But if you play online with somebody, the person you're playing with doesn't necessarily see what you're doing as a character. and But they intersect. So, to give you another brief example, like you're down in the ocean, you're deep sea diving with your partner or something looking for this treasure, right? And if you're playing single player, you know that while you're down in the ocean, because it cuts to this other scene where I'm playing now as a different character, and then there's a boat that comes on board. And like some guys, they're nasty, mean looking dudes or something. You know, this is on your regular, regular boat you start the game off with, and you don't know what the fuck's happening. But you know that these guys are on the boat. And then it'll smash cut back down to the divers. So now you're divers and you're trying to surface up, but you're trying not to get the bends, right? You got to surface at a slower rate, but then you see this explosion on the boat and you're like, fuck, do we just go? Do we go now? Cause like maybe someone's dying, maybe they're getting attacked or whatever, or do we not? Right. That's another choice. Like you could just, well, we got to be well, look out for us. So I chose look lookout for us. And by the time I got to the top, you realize that they're just like barbecuing on the fucking boat. And like, there was like a, the gas blew this thing over, but like, So, playing that online with somebody, like, probably you would experience, like, the barbecue, but someone else might be underwater thinking that you're getting fucking killed or your boat's exploding and, like, hurt themselves because they act. So, it's all about the perspective that you're playing. So, I think as a two-player game, man, this game would be so awesome because I guess when you play two players, you're not actually exposed to all of this or one player playing it single player you're not exposed to all the scenes like they've created additional scenes to play it two player to create hmm. more of that different perspective thing so man this game is awesome dude it's 10 bucks on the PSN you should just get it we'll play it two player it'd be so fucking cool they did a thing called friend pass where like I don't think it's active now where you could invite somebody just to download the demo like you could download the demo I would give you the friend pass, and then we could play it online together. I don't think that's an option right now. We could try it. I don't, I don't think the friend pass is a thing right now, but we could try it. You could download the demo, and we could see if we could make it work. But, dude, I want Little Hope so bad now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might wait a little bit. I don't know. Well, now gonna...
1: that you spoiled one of the choices, I don't think then I we'll to win. anymore. Then we'll win. We'll
0: win at that part. Come on. <laughs> there's so... Dude, there's so many situations like that, though. I would just be curious to see where you take some of these characters. There, there are many... There's an option if there's a character contributing the very beginning of the game. You have a choice to do one thing or the other, and at the very beginning of the game... And the decision you make is whether or not he's with your party for the other, like, seven hours. Or five hours. However long this thing is. It's not very long. And... I made the choice where he wasn't part of the party. And then, like, I was watching reviews of this, and they were showing scenes of this guy that was no longer in my group, like, this fucking crazy shit going on. I was like, man, I, I almost want to play this thing again, but I think I would have more fun playing it with somebody. So I think it's really – and you can do couch co-op with this too. And the whole hmm. the whole group can, like, sit and make – you and Sarah probably have a blast playing this game. You each have a controller, and you each get to make decisions. You pass the controller. I think you're supposed to pass the controller or something. Dude, it looks awesome. It's so good, and I bet you Little Hope is so good too. Oh, man, especially if they said it's better than Man of Medan because it was so good. I let the I let the reviews turn me off from this, but don't 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 be fooled. This game is fantastic.
1: It's kind of interesting. Part of me wonders. In the last couple of years, I've really started to wonder about the reviews um, whether or not I should really take a lot of stock in the way that main games outlets are reviewing. Video games. And I'm not, I'm not literally, I'm not coming at this as like a fucking fake news conspiracy. Come at me, bro. I'm just like, I'm just thinking, like, especially with my experience with Immortals, I'm like, this game is not a seven and a half. I don't understand why people are thinking that. Like, if this game had come out, you know, a couple years ago or something like that, everyone would have fucking given it, you know, it's like, it's like just because it's, I don't. I don't understand it at all. And and like you said, every single review I've read about *Man of Medan* is like it's mediocre. Like meh. And
0: dude, it's so good. It's so good. Meh. It's so fun. I had such a good time with it.
1: Well, I'm glad you like it.
0: Yeah, definitely worth ten bucks in my opinion. Definitely, hands down. Easy, easy purchase, uh, and and I have complete faith and Little Hope now. Especially since it got better reviews. I don't know why Man of Bandana got such bad reviews. I mean, it's not like a game game. You know what I mean? It's it's a story like Until Dawn. where like, I mean, you're not hacking and slashing, and you're not doing other crazy stuff in it. But you're you're walking around, you're picking up things, you're finding artifacts, you you know, you find weapons here and there, and the, there's plenty of choices you make that actually have an outcome on what happens in this fucking game. Not just on the ending, but like the paths. It is so good. Anyways, hey, upcoming PS5 games per Push Square. So these are the PS5 games coming up in January and February. I'm just going to go over these, I'm not going to go over all the games here. Um, PS4 games. Uh, this this was an interesting list. So, Atelier, Ryza 2, Lost Legends, and Secret Fairy, coming out January 26th. Cyber Shadow, January 26th. And if you head to the PlayStation blog, you can read a nice little interview with the one-man studio behind Cyber Shadow. It wasn't technically a one-man studio. It started off as a one-man studio project, but then he brought other people involved. And, and I forget what the uh, game company is that got involved with the, the Shovel Knight guys. I, oh, man. Yacht Club. Yeah, Yacht Club's involved with this game. Pedestrian comes out January 29th. Atelier Riza 2, Lost Legends Secret Ferry, January 29th. UK. Okay, so the U.S. version is the 26th. All right, February. We have Control Ultimate Edition on the PS5, February 2nd. Eh, game interests me. Destruction All-Stars finally coming out February 2nd as well. Werewolf the Apocalypse hyphen Earthblood on the PS5 February 4th, and The Neo Collection on PS5 is coming out February 5th. So out of those games, Cyber Shadow looks really awesome, and Control interests me. I'm sure it's going to run really well on the PS5. So,
1: Yeah, Control is one of those games I've always wanted to play. Remedy makes cool games. I mean, or, I didn't play Quantum Break, but Alan Wake was fucking awesome. Yeah, I never played so- it So I, yeah, I really wanted to play control. I just heard it just ran like absolute dog shit on yeah. PS four so I didn't I never really got around to it. but if it runs good on PS5, I definitely would be interested in playing it for
0: sure. yeah dude. all right, well, hey, I think that's it for the show. So as always, uh, to, well typically the music at the end of the show is getting hit with copyright, right So I've been excluding it from the podcast thing from the video podcast. make sure you guys tune into our YouTube channel. Uh, tune into it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tune into the podcast on your favorite platform. But I'm going to actually put this track on the video podcast. Now we don't have to sit here where the song plays, Jake. I'll put it in and post that way the people who watch on YouTube should be able to watch it. But if if YouTube says hey, there's a copyright issue or whatever, I'll just have them trim it the fuck out. So, but I'm going to try to put it on because you know I'm putting it on the show for a reason, and I'm putting the music on the show for a reason. So hopefully we don't get stricken with a car. It doesn't affect our channel. It's just they won't let us monetize it. We can't monetize it until we have 1,000 subscribers anyway. So we have 950, 948 people left that need to subscribe before it even really affects us. So that probably won't happen for a long time. But as always, um, we are going to conclude the show with a song. And the song is, uh, as mentioned in the beginning, is the closing track today is from the band D-N-Day. That's capital d Hyphen E N D E, and the song is titled Prayer Song. And you can find more about D N D at now, this is a funny address, uh, just write it down, folks. HTTPS colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash D hyphen n A hyphen one zero three 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 nine one two four six zero two nine nine nine. That's where you can find out about them. <laughs> so anyways, I hope you guys enjoy the song. Uh, like I said, Carl's a good friend of mine. They must not have like a legit Facebook or Bandcamp or anything. But go check him out on Facebook. Like them, Check it out if you like what you – whatever. But dude, that's, that's all I have for the show. Jake, are you good?
1: Yeah. The only other thing that I forgot to bring up is last week you were talking about how there was an Indiana Jones game coming yeah. out. And you didn't tell me, maybe you didn't know this, but it's being developed by Machine Games. Oh, I did say that. I did say that. Do... If you did, I didn't hear you. or I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, but just I didn't fucking out, know like that Machine Games was making it, because it's so weird. Like, why would they give this to the fucking Wolfenstein developer? Like, I I, it's going to be bizarre. It might not even be on PlayStation, so I don't know that I really care all that much. But it's just interesting.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. And I also want to list a quick correction. I believe when we were talking about Returnal, you said it was a first-person game. Isn't Returnal third-person? I never said it was a first-person game. I think you said first-person by accident. I, I don't know even that. even recall talking about
1: the perspective of Returnal. When oh, we, we most
0: certainly didn't. Yes. No, I
1: said, it was, I said it was the next game coming out. That's I'm gonna the only find thing I said it. about it. I'm going to find the clip and put I, it up. You go ahead and find it. And then you put it in here right now at this part of the video. You put it right where my fucking fingers are and I will eat crow if I said that. What what will you do? Next week, I will eat crow if I did
0: actually say that. What's that mean? Eat crow? It means like own up to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm going to make you eat crow because I know you said it. (laughs) I know you did. So anyways, it is a third person game. All right. I
1: don't even remember what we talked about today, so it could be true.
0: Okay, so I'm going to cut the video right here, and we're going to watch Jake say the Returnal is third person. Here we go. Pause. Mark style yeah. combat. I mean, it's a
1: first-person shooter. which. First
0: person shooter. There you have it. I'm that confident that he said it. <laughs> okay. All right, hey, we're going to let you guys go. Um, so thanks a lot for tuning in. If you're new to the channel... Welcome, and if you're a returning uh, visitor, we thank you for for listening to us and joining us for our PlayStation Talks. We have a good time doing this. So, like Resident Evil, RBI Baseball, and Rainbow Skies. P.S. This is is awesome. awesome.
2: upon a flood we were adrift Cussing, cuss, There's a.